Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Welcome, Street Talkers. My name is Pastor Dominic Grimaldi, and you are listening to Street Talk Theology, where we keep theology real and we bring it to the streets. Drop me a line, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail, whatever you want to speak about. Uh, before I introduce my uh, guest this morning, I just want to introduce a couple of thoughts. You know, the Bible depicts that we need to proclaim the gospel to all nations. We know that from Matthew 28. So my guest this morning is a missionary with many hats. And here's what I mean. He has proclaimed God's word on the mission field in other countries. He's also the senior pastor here at Trinity Baptist Church here in Casa Grande. So his mission field is also here in Casa Grande. He's a seminary professor. So there his mission field is uh, for seminary students, training them for the pastorate or for the mission field. In fact, uh, he was my missions professor in, in seminary. Um, he's also teaching economic liberty and politics at Arizona Christian University. He's also on the board of Lagos Christian Academy here in Casa Grande. And of course, he's a husband to Kristen and a father to four children. And if you think that's enough, you're mistaken. There's more which in fact is our main topic of conversation this morning. And that is his new devotional that he has written called The Gift of Courage. With no further ado, I want to introduce Dr. Phil Calvert. Dr. Calvert, thank you for joining us on Street Talk Theology. Thank you, Dominic. Great to be here. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, Dr. Phil. And um, uh, it seems like yesterday we were in seminary together, right? You yeah. Were- and you were one of my best students. Yeah, I, I, I tried it. He was, he was a, a, a very good teacher. It was, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we can talk about when you got Dr. Calvert here. I mean, he's a missionary we mentioned and he's a pastor and, but, but so this is about the book. I, here's my question to you. What inspired you? Why? Okay. It's a devotional. It's not a, biography and autobiography. It's not on doctrine. I know there's doctrine in there because knowing you, but why a devotional? So at the start of the pandemic, I started to write devotionals and it turned out to be the the precursor to this book. And not just with this pandemic, but as I talked to more and more people, what Warren Wiersbe wrote in the front of his preaching Bible is true. Everybody's fighting a battle. Everybody yeah, seem like they've got it together. Someone's like, they've got it together. Everyone's fighting a battle. So this is so, okay. So this is geared towards people in the Valley, so to speak. Is it just for them or is, is it encouragement all around the board? It is encouragement all around the board, but specifically because people are either in a Valley or coming out of one or going into one. <laughs> exactly. It relates, it's relatable to every person. So one thing, is this pandemic reminded me yet again that everybody is fighting something. Everyone is struggling with something. For some, it's personal. Some, it's interpersonal. Some, it's familial or economic situations or spiritual battles, uh, psychological or emotional with regard to loneliness, especially today with the pandemic. And so one is I, I wanted to encourage people. Number two, 
I love a lot of the devotionals that are out there, but they tend to be generic. In other yeah, words, yeah, right. uh, on one day you might be in Leviticus, and another day you might yeah. be in Matthew, and there's no thematic uh, right. thread that goes through there, that devotional. And what I thought was, well, wouldn't it be great to write a devotional specifically geared over 40 days to people who are in a valley or people who are ministering to somebody in a valley? Yeah, so that's, that's a great point. This. Yeah, you know, and 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 there are a lot of devotionals, but you have geared this a certain way where I think that people can gravitate towards it in those situations. So so the pandemic is kind of the catalyst to the book, right? To the devotional, to the book. So was it fun writing? I loved writing this. It, this was <laughs> an awesome thing. To, you know, sometimes we think about writing things. It, it seems like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a tedious thing. But I loved it. I loved every part of writing this, especially, and this is what really surprised me is, so in the devotional, you have the scripture, you have observations about the scripture, then a place of reflection, but I also include a prayer because what I was thinking is, originally, I wasn't going to have a prayer in there on on each day of the the devotional, right, 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 40 days, but as I was talking to my wife and just thinking through, wouldn't it be nice to kind of guide people's heart to the Lord in a certain way for based on the devotional of that day. And it turned out that when I was done, I looked back and I said, I really enjoyed writing the prayers. That yeah, was a amen. lot of fun. Yeah. And you know what devotionals, you, you, and you know this, I mean, um, you may be dealing with something and God will speak through these devotionals. I mean, he knows exactly what you're going to read that day and, and things like that. So when you, and I think it's good to, you know, I hate to use the word institutionalized, but it is good to be somewhat institutionalized to every day. What I like about this, it, it gears people to read something every day that's based in scripture. And I'm sure you agree with that. Absolutely. And I wrote each devotional so you could read it in five minutes or less. And why is that? Because <laughs> one of the objections to reading things is I'm too busy. Yes. But if you knew, look, I can pick this up and in less than five minutes, I will get scripture. I will get observations from that scripture. I will get a place where I can make some quick notes, reflection, and a prayer to know I'm going to start my day or end the day, or maybe at a lunch break, I know I can get in and out of this and get something spiritual out of it. Great point. And, and not only that, and not only that, Phil, I, I think what I like about devotionals, when you open them up, you may think that you may spe- you might only spend five minutes, but it may lead to other study. You may look at a scripture in there or a scripture you quoted, maybe in a prayer you you suggested as you do, and maybe that'll lead to even more study. Absolutely. And that's why I put the area for reflection. Yes. And there actually there's a place for taking notes. Because being able to write down how God is speaking to your heart is really important. And one of the ideas is if every year Somebody went at some point, some 40 day stretch. If every person, every believer went through a devotional like this, they would have at the end, let's say a couple of years, they would have the books for each of those devotional books for each of those years. They could look back and see how each scripture spoke to them differently at different points and seasons in their life. Yeah. And I think, I think that, so here's, here's my hope maybe in about, 50 days or 60 days, I start getting emails and asking uh, me to ask you to, you know, do another 40 day devotional, because I think, I think that devotionals are, especially in a world today where 
people are working and, and some mostly families have two people working, you know, because of the, uh, you know, um, just the way things are today. It's just the way it is. So this could be helpful to maybe husband and wife can do it together. Uh, they can do the devotional together. Absolutely. In fact, I wrote this so that someone could go through this individually, you know, on their own, or someone could go through it who is ministering to someone who's in the mm. valley, or maybe a family is at a crisis point and the family yeah. could go through it. Or maybe a church says, you know what, we want our Sunday school classes or our small groups to go through this so that we're better equipped to minister to people. So I wrote it so that it could be done as an individual study or as a group study. It's written specifically yeah, for that. Yeah, so it's kind of a dual dual purpose, which is good. I, I think that's a, that's a great point. It's always good to go through things like this in group too, right? right? Obviously. And, you know, that was another kind of shortfall of a lot of devotionals is that uh, on the one hand, it is good that they're meant to be written or meant to be studied individually. But I saw it as a shortfall in the sense that when you're ministering to people mm. or, you know, someone who's maybe it's a sense of abandonment or loneliness or some other crisis, they're going to reach out to people. And if you could have a devotional that's geared for small groups or one on one, that is two people coming together as iron sharpens iron, and they're both reading the devotional, that to me strengthens the devotional. And I, I, look, I looked in some of your notes here, and, and what you're saying is, is uh, it's building community. That's right. That's exactly what it's building community around going from the valley to the mountain. In fact, that's the subtitle, a journey from the valley to the mountain. Yeah. You know, I, you know, sometimes uh, I remember when we were speaking off air before we got off air about, before we got on air, about devotionals and there's so many of them, but the, this is geared to something specific and hopefully, like you said, would lead on to, to more community, more, more outreach, more interaction. Um, but it, it's funny. I, I, I still think about the, the COVID days when they were, we, we did a lot of interaction ourselves during COVID. And so is it actually, during COVID, I know you wrote it during COVID. I was thinking about writing it during COVID. Um, was it that part of being alone or not being in community with um, with the thought that this someday COVID will be over and now you your reflections could come out of this book and encourage others? COVID was definitely a catalyst. A catalyst for this book because. You know, as a pastor, especially in the early days of COVID after mid-March of 2020, where we had to, by recommendation of the CDC, we said, you know, let's restrict the, the meeting, the assembling actually on campus because of the number of people we have and saying, OK, if I am desiring and seeking community, I can only imagine what people who maybe they don't have a family at home, mm. right? Or maybe they don't have the people that are still interacting with them like I still had. So the idea was, look, I still need community. And so I started writing these devotionals, recording them on my YouTube channel. Mm. And just as a video devotional to, to reach community, yeah. right? To connect with people, to right, connect right, people's right, hearts, right, right. that people I know and I love, and people in our church and then in the community and really in the broader internet, just having something to go to that would encourage them. And what I realized is, you know what? This is actually the, the genesis of a devotional yeah. that's geared around going from this valley of life to the mountaintop. And I love hiking. And so 
that really was part of the idea of, you know what, when you hike, let's say the Grand Canyon, which was one of my favorite places to hike. I love to hike there. When you're hiking out of the canyon, it's better if you're in a small group, right? Yeah. You're going right, step exactly. by step. And if you go from the south rim to the north rim of the Grand Canyon on foot, you're going to hike about 160,000 steps. It is far more enjoyable. And not only mentions it's more effective to go with at least one other person. And that's what this is about is it's a devotional gear to, to bring hearts together to get us out of that valley. So what's Kristen think about the book? I know, I know your wife. And, and so was she an encouragement as you, as you did this or. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that you, you realize or you remember, or you learn when you, when you write something like this is that, Though it is a book written by a person, mm. it's a family endeavor in the sense that everybody has to row a little extra hard when somebody's writing a book. Yeah. You know, and so it's in some ways it's it's that picture of everyone in a rowboat in the family and knowing, look, we want to get this into people's hands so mm. they can start to really connect with the Lord. And so everyone just picks up some tasks. And so it was a total family endeavor and effort. And so I greatly appreciate them. And I mentioned them in the, the book, by the way, the dedication is to not just my parents. I actually write the dedication to all parents because of the sacrifice that they make. And if it would be okay, please, I would love to read a little part of the dedication. Thousand percent. Because all right, so I wrote it, I dedicated it to my parents. My father passed away last August, so less than a year ago. And my mother has uh, health issues as well. And so I wanted to write something that was dedicated to them. And this is what I wrote, but also that would be relevant to all parents. And so in part, this is what I write in the dedication. In the course of life, there are a few people who impact us more than our parents. They are the unsung heroes of our life story and the unnoticed co-pilots of our life's journey. They guide us and love us in ways that others simply cannot. Just as there can be death by a million cuts, there can be love through a million sacrifices. And yet the untold sacrifices of the love of our parents often go unnoticed by us and almost certainly unappreciated by others. The people in our lives see the finished product of our parents' countless hours of life, mm -hmm. love, discipline, heartache, teaching, worry, and prayer. And so I, I dedicated my parents, but then at the very bottom of that, I say parents truly are vital to the well-being of their children and to our nation's future. And so I honor you. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I seen you were getting a little teary eyed there as you as you read that. And, and, and that's I, I believe that when you get inspired, obviously, first and foremost, by God, the Holy Spirit, and then you obviously involve parents, you are involving your whole community, your community of people, whether it's your wife, your children, your parents, yourself, your church. I'm sure your your church is um, behind you with this. So because you are a missionary um, and you have been a missionary, how many years, uh, Dr. Phil, you've been on the mission fields? So we were about three and a half years in Ecuador and two years in Peru. Any uh, stories, any missionary stories? Absolutely. Uh, I the, did include in some of those stories because they... The, they made a big impact on my life. And I think they're an encouragement to everyone. And it, it speaks to the community 
and how when we when we're sharing the gospel, when we're living the Great Commission, you know, we see lives that get changed and not just for eternity, but also in the here and now we see practical changes yeah. in people's lives. The Lord. And it's part of that community of, of fellowship of believers. It's, it's what the, the New Testament church has done for 2000 years. Yeah. I, let me ask you a question just off topic for a second. I'm looking at this economic liberty and politics that you're teaching in Arizona Christian University. Can you, um, uh, my interest is, what is that class uh, really about? I mean, I just, for, you know, let, just showing the full orb nature of who you are, Phil mm-hmm. Calvert, you, what, is, what is that class about? So the, the class explores from a biblical worldview wow. and a biblical perspective how to lead a truly flourishing life as a follower of Christ. And so one of the themes that runs through this class is the natural rights of a human being who is made in the image of God. Mm. Because you have to understand that, that the Marxist worldview doesn't see you and I as having natural rights of freedom of speech, uh, freedom of association, freedom of religion. And so there's actually a debate philosophically there as is. to whether or not a human being has natural rights or if they're rights given by the state. Because if they're rights given by the state, then they can be revoked by the state. And so is your freedom of speech, is your freedom of conscience a natural right or a right given by the state and revocable by the state? And so we talk about that in relationship to leading a flourishing life as a child of God. And how, you know, and this is why I, I enjoy having or even conversation with, with Dr. Calvin. And, and we do try to stay in close touch here in Casa Grande. I know our lives take us different ways. Please, you need to buy this devotional. I got my own personal copy here signed. So I, I'm, I'm excited to, to do that, but uh, to, to read this. I'm on, can I pick your brain for a second? Sure. Talk to me about, and I, this is unrehearsed, so I'm going to put him on the spot, but I I am really concerned about this social gospel movement. I think I heard some of the lines that you mentioned and what you're doing. I mean, um, I, give me, can you give, give us your views on this social gospel movement that's, uh, that's kind of hitting evangelicalism today? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll do that in relationship to something that I have found even in my own life. Please. And whether it's on the mission field or not, but I especially saw it on the mission field. That's where it really became evident to me. And that is um, all, I'm always most effective or you can say it another way. I'm never more effective uh. than when I'm sharing the gospel or living in the the knowledge and the power and the inf- under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when my flesh takes over, even though I might have some good one-liners and zingers in a conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am never effective as if I were operating in the spirit. Right. My most effectiveness is by far when I'm operating in the spirit. Right. Okay. And so that's true of everyone. When I see people, even Christians respond in the flesh, even if they, it sounds maybe articulate or like, Hey, right, 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 right. you're always going to be more effective when you're operating in the spirit. Okay. When you're living in the spirit, in other words, that you're letting the spirit speak through you rather than you speak through yourself. Cause the flesh, it might sound good, but it's not going to be right, effective, right. especially from an eternal perspective, because all the fleshly stuff burns up. 
right? Everything, all the fleshly stuff, the things we say in the flesh, yeah. that just burns up. And so if you take that idea that you're always most effective when you're in the spirit, right? okay? That also means that the gospel is always most effective in when it is the true yeah. biblical gospel. Right, right, right. Not right. any other kind of gospel. Right. When it's actually the word of God, because the word of God is alive. Okay. And so if whatever we are doing, if we're going to actually say, you know what, I want to be effective as a child of God, then share God's word first mm -hmm. and foremost. Your interpretation, a person's interpretation is far less important than the word of God because we're not infallible. Only the word of God is infallible. And so anything, the social gospel, anything else, if it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ, it by definition will be less impactful. Yeah, and Paul says there's, there's, there's no other gospel. I no. mean, he mentioned that in Galatians. So um, we got a few minutes, so I want to get back to the book because this is what this is about. And I just, you know, I got... Dr. Phil here, so I'm going to pick his brain a little bit, but I, I and I appreciate that. Um, how, how can people get the book? Um, what do they need to do to get the book? Um, so I know you. There was only uh, you only printed a not many right now. So uh, how do they get it? So we are about to go to a second printing Praise by the, the grace of God. And so we have them and we'll be having more. So there's no problem with uh, getting them. One of the amazing things about this, you know, here is 2021. And basically every good URL has been spoken for. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, you have billions of people who yeah, are on yeah. the Internet. They're buying URLs. Right. Yeah. And here's a, a God moment. So yeah. I'm writing this book. I'm saying it's going to be the gift of courage. I said, you know, it'd be better if I could have a website, which I've created, that had a simple URL. And so I said, certainly the gift of courage.com has been taken. Well, I went online and Praise the Lord. brother, I'm telling you, it was available. I could not believe it. And so they all they have to do is go to the gift of courage.com. www.thegiftofcourage.com. That takes them right to the website where they can order their copies of this. Again, it not only is it something for them to read, but they could give it as a gift or buy enough for their small group or a family because it is about building community. Yeah, amen. I want to read one other Please. section from the Please. dedication. Please. Uh, my father went home to glory last August, this past August. And I, I write this in the dedication. Though my father has gone on to glory, I am confident he would enjoy sitting in his recliner reading an encouraging word from his son. To my mother, I'm so glad this book was not too late in the making. And the reason why I wanted to read that is, if you know somebody who's in a valley or going through something right now, don't wait till it's one day too late. Mm. Sit down with them and walk through this journey with them. Because all too often we say we'll get to it, we put it off, and we realize either that journey really took it out of them and they've fallen away or something else happens. And we're like, you know, if I hadn't been too late, well, don't be even one day too late. Right. Just go ahead and start walking through that journey of life with them. And it could be another devotional because it could be something else. Obviously God's word is the foundation of this devotional. Without I, mean, I want to hasten to say that right. the word of God is the, is the foundation of this devotional, but 
thegiftofcourage.com is where they can order their copies and start today. Yeah. You know, Phil Calvert, he's a teacher. And, you know, for him to take the knowledge God has gifted him with his studies, being on the mission field, being a father, a husband, he's put this all together. Um, and, and I think in this devotional, I think everything is going to, all, all the gifts and talents God has given you is going to be put in this book. And I think for, you, for us to glean from what, what Dr. Calvert has for us, I think it's something that we, we should take advantage of. You want to just uh, say goodbye to anybody or as before we close out? Well, one of the things that real quickly, one of the stories that I have in here is the story of a time we entered a, a community on the mission field that mm. was very well known for persecuting Christians. And we arrived on a Tuesday and basically we we're practically run out, run, run out, but we, we stayed, but there was a lady in particular that man, just right at where we parked at the park with our car, man, she, she was right there. And it was obvious like wow. we were uninvited. Uh, she had some derogatory things to say about Christians, but Friday, we, we went back as the last day of evangelism real quick. And we went to the same park to park our car. And she was the first person that we saw. And this time, though, she asked, what are they doing here? And the local believer said, they're missionaries. And she invited us to her house. Praise the Lord. She said, help me because my husband was cutting down a tree and a tree fell on him and broke his leg in three places. Uh -huh. He already had two surgeries. And so we went there. He was bedridden, a lot of pain. And we shared the gospel and he gave his life to the Lord. And as we're looking around their little cinder block house, they had very, very uh, few items of food. They were destitute. And so we went out and bought two months worth of food. We brought it back Praise and we just shared the love of Christ, right? Because we're living out just the book of James. Like, how can you look at someone and, exactly. and say, oh, yeah, go well, exactly. be well fed. Well, you see, they have no food. Yeah. We, we brought the food back. We shared the gospel. We ministered to them. And she prayed to accept Christ as her Lord and Savior. God was drawing her to himself, but it started with a persecution. And, and that happened a lot on the mission field. Some of your best Christians started out being persecuted of Christian, persecutors mm -hmm. of Christians. And anyway, it was just that's, that story is in this book. Well, Dr. Phil, it was an honor to have you on Street Talk Theology. You promise to come back for us again? Amen, if you'll have me. You know, without a doubt, this is uh, Pastor Dominic Romaldi with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. Thank you again, Dr. Phil Calvin. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.